welcome to another episode of the best kept secret podcast aka the podcast about nothing i am your host cz ray and today i will be joined by leon john for a very in-depth conversation about his debut album called license to feel with his soulful presence and impactful storytelling Leon John is inspired by his Karanga and Tosa roots, a cultural connection that carries through and is enchantingly complemented by his evocative and resonant voice. Leading from the long legacy established by African musical giants such as Oliver Mtukuzi, Maria Makeba, Salif Keita, Tandi Somazwai, just to name a few, Leon John is always reminded and inspired to remain truthful to those foundations in every note and phrase. He's a self-taught musical genius, if I should say so myself. Um, He learned most of his singing techniques from watching, listening, and learning from other singers who he admired and drew inspiration from. So today, I am so privileged and honored to be chatting to Leon John about his debut album called License to Feel, released in 2022. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, hi, Leon. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Suzy. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, of course, the pleasure is all mine. Yeah, I'm really excited, you know, to chat to you. Um, <laughs> As I might bring it on. Give me, <laughs> give me your best shot. Let's see what you've got for me. Yeah, you know, when I was prepping for this interview, I realized that there's just there's so much to talk about and Mm. you know i think what you've been able to achieve with this body of work is it's really nothing short of incredible oh and yeah i I feel very privileged to be sitting here with you today to talk about this you you started with the big guns you know you're not (laughs) pulling any punches are you no not at all (laughs) yeah I think one of the first questions, because I know you've been doing some live shows uh, recently, especially promoting mm-hmm. the album. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the experience like of singing these songs live in front of an audience? Um, you know, it, it's so strange. So I don't think it's, it's quite settled in. It takes a while, I guess, for the music to become a lived experience, you know, mm-hmm. because for the longest time, it's, these were ideas in my head, right? For the last seven years, let me say, um, they were just bouncing around in my head or bouncing around at rehearsal or being recorded in bits and pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. And it takes on, the music takes on a different life when you put it in front of an audience. There's a lot of anxiety right at the beginning of promoting a new album because Number one, you're not too familiar with the the material from a performance perspective. So I'm learning how to kind of engage with the music as, you know, kind of performance pieces. But also at the same time, you're also cognizant that you're introducing new ideas, new thoughts, new music to an audience. So there's like a little interplay that happens there. So um, it hasn't quite sunk in quite as yet. You know, if I, maybe if I do maybe two more shows, <laughs> I'll be able to answer that question with, with more confidence. But for right now, we're still learning how to present the work in a performance capacity Mm. and when you're writing this you know this music um Mm. were there moments where you were thinking about how it would translate um at these live shows were you aware of that were you always thinking about um 
how some of these songs would be received or how you could translate them at a live show? No, not really. At least not consciously anyway. Um, I, I always say to people, you know, artistry, particularly when you are a recording artist and a performing artist and a songwriter at the same time, th those three things are mutually exclusive of each other. You know what I mean? They exist mm -hmm. in very different realms and necessitate for me to pull from very different things, right? At least personally, anyway, I can't speak for anyone else. But for myself, when I'm writing, I'm in a completely different frame of mind. I am thinking and pulling from a completely different place than when I'm producing or that or than when I'm singing in the studio or you know what I mean or then then it's a completely different place when I'm performing right because when you're performing um unique of all the other kind of processes is that you're doing it in front of an audience there's an interplay there there is feedback real-time real-life feedback it's a lot less cerebral of a process I'm, I'm so much less in my head because I'm in that moment with other people you know and arguably I think because I suffer from anxiety, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a nervous wreck for, for the vast majority of, of, you know, of my life. But I enjoy performing a lot more because there aren't any do-overs. Do you know what I mean? There's a control that's taken away from me because you get to do it once and once alone and you leave it there. Do you know what I mean? Whereas when I'm recording, I can do 600 takes, which is completely soul-destroying for someone like me because I will do 600 takes because I want to get it just perfect or because I'm trying to emulate a certain feeling that you can't emulate. It's impossible. You can't do it. Yeah. And so as I've learned and as I've grown, I've had to just be like, okay, appreciate each process for what it is. You know, don't try and bring performing into recording or bring recording into writing or bring, you know, leave them be what they are because at the end of the day, you just end up disappointing yourself if you try and chase the high of performing when you're in studio and it's just you and where it's you and a, an engineer you know that energy will never be the same so I've cr always created or, or rather I've learned to create space for each thing and have tried to appreciate it for what it is so yeah and no, I don't really think I think about performing when I'm writing the music or producing it or whatever yeah um did you ever take theater or drama at school when you're in school um as I mean like in year seven um, oh, which okay. I suppose is your guys' grade seven, you know, as like a, because you had to, you know what oh, I mean? It's one yeah. of the, 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 the things that you had to take. I enjoyed it for what it was, but then again, the white women at my school <laughs> who were usually my drama teachers never took me seriously. Okay. You know, it was always the twinky white kids that got the, the really, you know, great meaty roles. I usually got mm. to be like some big troll, you know. Uh, I remember doing a production of um, something, something, Survivor's Guide to the Galaxy or whatever. And I went in there and I auditioned very passionately and they ended up giving me the role of a troll you oh, know because I was a big black I was a big black kid you mm. know so you know that was easy for them to just pigeonhole me into that so I never really developed a passion for acting the way that I developed a passion for music yeah. it was just something that like I that was that happened to be around me but not necessarily something that I pursued actively oh yeah you know the reason why I'm asking this is because you know the way you speak about uh, how you approach the live show versus uh, being in studio recording Mm. Um, and it reminds me a lot of theater when mm. you know when you're performing on stage it's instant feedback you know it's, mm -hmm. it's live you don't get to you know you don't get a do-over mm. um, and just the pressure of that I'm wondering for you as well you know as you're performing these songs you know going from venue to venue performing mm. these songs um, how the pressure has been but I think the more 
um, pressing question I have for you mm. is, mm. for you, is there a difference between creating from a place of desire versus um, a place of necessity? Because when you listen to this album, it sounds fun to listen to, but mm. it feels like it was quite a challenge, like to make it or to write it um, in some instances. Is right. that a is that a correct um, assessment? What a fabulous question! I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the beginning of your statement, right, where mm-hmm. you're speaking about performance, and address that first before I move on to answering your question. Being a performance is performance. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter whether you're there doing a Shakespeare soliloquy or you're singing "Hands Inside My Heart." You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you are in front of an audience, that again, that interplay of energy will always be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, doesn't matter what stage you're playing. You could be playing Royal Albert Hall or playing Kitchener's, but if if you are a performer, um, that the, 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 the essence of what it is that you're talking about will always be present because there's no way that you can be divorced from the fact that there are other people there and that they're feeding from you just as much as you're feeding from them. Um, um, and just kind of to segue from that to answer the next part of the question, there, I don't know, you, for me, I, I create from a place of necessity, do you know? I, 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 I itch to, to, to get out what it is that I need to get out because the, when I figured out my why, right, which is a, such an, an integral part of the process as to why that I chose to be a singer and a songwriter and pursue it actively throughout my life, right, I figured out that I, 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 whatever it was that lived inside me, whatever it is that I had to say, had to get out one way or another, right? I didn't have space to do anything else but to let that come to fruition because if I didn't, I felt like I was going to die, right? That was my purpose and that was the reason I was brought, I was brought here and I, if I kept, if I, if I circumnavigated it, you know, or I moved past it, I wouldn't find any peace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I, I learned even kind of during my my university career and the fact that my father kept insisting that I I continue on to to do a master's and a PhD and all that kind of stuff, it got to a point where it it legitimately felt like I was going to die if I kept doing anything else that was not music. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It it got to a point where I was like, okay, um, I've I've, I've done school the way that you're supposed to do it. I have the degrees, I have whatever the case may be, but now it's, I can't ignore this anymore, right? And that goes to what you're saying. It's creating from a place of necessity it's creating from a place of okay I have to get it out I I have to get it out and going back to what I was saying earlier on this kind of overwhelming anxiety that exists in my life finds itself in my music as well and so funny because I was speaking to somebody that the day and I was like just listening you know they were talking to me about their experience of listening to the album and whatever they're just like yeah there's this like kind of overlining thread of anxiety and everything and the way that you arrange and the way that you 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 sing you, there's a there's a desperation and I was like yeah right because I, I don't have time to waste on yeah. vibes I'm trying to convey something right I'm I'm burning or I'm dying or you know my, uh, do you guys not see <laughs> you know so it, in that instance I don't know how to create from any other the place besides from place of necessity because it feels truly truly desperate mm. every time I, I put a pen down to paper it is because i'm, in, I'm like oh my god <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah well i mean the i can definitely you know agree that there is a sense of urgency um to this uh album i mean just 
the opening song, right? Let's, let, you know, let, let's have it out. It's like, mm-hmm. you're not wasting time. You're not warming us up into the idea that, look, guys, I'm going to gradually, you know, work towards this big, um, vulnerable song in the middle of the album. It's like, mm-hmm. no, right from the beginning, track one, I need you guys to know that, you know, I don't have time to play around, you know, I want to get right into the thick into of it. Into it. Yes, absolutely. And 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 yeah. sorry, sorry to cut you just now that you're saying that, sorry, just I had a thought come into my head. But it's also indicative, I suppose, of the environment in which the music also you know came to be <clears throat> and <laughs> because as an independent artist also at the same time every hour that you have in a studio space is vital right i don't have time to sit there to waffle around and be like yeah let's let's try and figure out because i'm paying a thousand rand an yeah. hour to get this song down so um come on let's get the things going on you know so i guess there's also that going on in 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 um in the music as well but just be like listen cut that intro short like i don't have time for the middle eight to be like you know 16 bars or whatever let's let's get into it because really there's no time right so there's both an urgency in the writing and in the music and it's true that like i i right from a place of like you're saying a place of necessity and i need to get it out but also at the same time when you get down to the technicality of it there's also that consideration going on to be like yeah nobody has time to waste in a thousand rand session you know Mm. waffling on and on and on and on let's get on with it you know (laughs) yeah i think um it's when i think of it, it for me um two words come to mind there's there's desperation in this divinity um hand in hand throughout this album um the desperation coming from the need to tell these stories the need to you know speak out or sing out if, as it were um but then there's also the divinity of acceptance and letting go and understanding finding an understanding you know and sort of then trying to lay the foundation or attempt to lay the foundation of well what comes next now that i've gotten you know this out and i've gotten you know this chapter of my life is now you know in this capsule what follows next so for me that's how i see it that's how it exists um when i listen to it Mm. and you know i've been listening to your music i think since 2018 or 19 uh, I think when I heard right Pray For You or... Yeah, I heard Pray For You first. Mm. And then I was like, what did I just hear? Like, what did I just listen to? Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I, I went back and I found the EP that you had um, as well over there. And, you know, just since then, I've really, really been a huge fan and, oh, you know, a supporter. And I think when I listen to your music, you know, I can hear the the variety of influences in your music mm-hmm. and i know i can hear the inspiration i can tell that okay oliver mtukuti you know these people they inspired um a lot of the music that we hear on the album especially mm-hmm. but for me the question that i'm most interested in uh is who are some of the artists you first identified with on a personal level um when you were growing up um yeah that's i 
Right, and you see, every time I'm asked that question, they always ask it in a specific way, and it always leads me to answer it in kind of a PR, you know, because <laughs> there's a section, and even in my in my press kit where I like, you know, you speak about influence because that's what everybody expects me to speak about, but no one has ever asked me that like that before. So now I'm really getting to think. Um, I, I suppose growing up one didn't have much of a choice as to what it was they were listening to right i'm a 90s baby right so i kind of yeah 95 onwards mm-hmm. um and so a lot of my musical training or rather my my, my musical uh, understanding at that point was from the people around me right from my parents from my brother from you know my mom and my dad right so so, so my dad was the big fan of Oliver Tukunzi, right? Mm-hmm. And, but again, it wasn't just in Jade, was just a big fan. He was a big fan who listened to Oliver very intentionally during, during long drives. Mm-hmm. So I would be with my dad on these long, long, long drives and the only person that he could listen to was Oliver. So I spent a lot of time listening to Oliver music because it was always playing in my father's car, right? Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, my mother, was a big pop fan, still is a big pop fan to this day, right? Um, she would, the first time I ever heard a Maroon 5 record was through my mother, right? And my mother has a, a speaker and a radio that's in her bedroom that's constantly on, right? So even in the middle of the night, it's on, it's on, it's kind of, kind of constantly playing in the background. And as a child, I used to sleep, obviously, in my mother's bedroom, right? And so there was all of this, all, all of this pop music constantly playing in in my ear um and then during the day my brother would play um mtv and you know all that kind of mm. stuff so there was you know it's just a, a whole kind of a concomitant of different um i call them influences really but it was it was by osmosis mm. right it wasn't as though i actively went out and sought them out right and then i also had my stepmother who was a was a broadcaster right who used to work at the zimbabwe broadcasting corporation so she used to get access to these great records, these great Pan-African records from artists throughout the continent mm-hmm. at a time where there wasn't a lot of kind of Pan-African music on radio or even in the mainstream, right? So again, this this thing of osmosis, she used to play a lot of um, Salif Keita, a lot of Ismail Lowe, a lot of, even a lot of gospel, a lot of South African gospel, you know, the, 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 the Debras and the, you know, I could, some of them, I don't even know what their names are because again, it was stuff that would just play constantly on rotation. Mm. Um, so in that way, I can't really say that I can pinpoint and say, oh, these are the artists that I gravitated to at the beginning of my life anyway, because my musical choices or tastes weren't my musical choices and tastes but were the ones for were, were influenced or rather were those of the people around me around you it wasn't until i was i think about maybe maybe i don't, I don't know maybe 10 11 you know 12 that kind of pre-teen into teen years I, again where a lot of the music that i listened to was because my brother you know um and from there i began to develop my own curiosity to be like mm, okay what is it that exists out there that i can kind of gravitate to myself right and that was um around the time that i discovered destiny's child and i was like okay and as a little gay boy i was very interested in the visual aspect of that and kind of what they represented mm-hmm. and also in in the in the shared experience of listening to Destiny's Child with my with my peers, with my other friends, because my father never allowed me to have um, male friends, but I was always allowed to have female friends, and they would listen to and want to emulate a lot of the things that Destiny's Child did, and so I gravitated towards that, right, which then led me 
on down onto a journey in my teens where I then discovered Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin and you know kind of the, the great American soul pantheon right across yes. the board R&B whatever right taking that on taking that on and then when I moved to South Africa in 2013 was when I then discovered um, for example Tante Zomazwai who I knew from Bongo Muffin mm-hmm. you know and who I'd experienced again through osmosis but this was me intentionally then seeking her out and being like oh Okay, fantastic. And adding on to that and being like, okay, Angelique, this is what Angelique does, this is what Tanswat does. There's some similarity here, but also like that I can pull from what I used to from my what I remember from uh, my dad playing Oliver Mtukuzi and the Salif Caters and So you can kind of see how that all then, you know, there's also an aspect, you know, I grew up in the Middle East for, for the vast majority of my of my teen years and listening mm. to Unpultum and listening to Fairuz and listening Ooh. to um, you yeah. know, all of those artists and what they brought to the table. Even contemporary um m- m- Middle Eastern artists like uh, Alyssa and you know, all of them. Um so I, yeah, I, I, a lot of it, it sounds like I'm saying it's a happenstance and a lot of it was happenstance again through osmosis. I've been talking for a long time. Please ask me more <laughs> questions. No, I'm just, I'm just really fascinated, you know, uh, just listen to your story. I think that was one of the, the things I was most looking forward to with this chat because, yeah. you know, um, like I said, I've been following your journey for, for a few years now and yeah. So I, I've seen it from like its early from stages, the yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I think this, for me, is an opportunity to sort of get context. Get a bigger picture. Yeah, yeah contextualizes everything for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, with with this album, it it feels like a coming of age album. And you know, earlier you were talking about how you you know you you live with anxiety and i do as well and it varies sometimes very severe sometimes it's mild but it's there constantly there yeah Yeah. um around what age would you say you started to acutely feel things like anxiety when you realize that actually this is not how everyone feels this is you know there's something going on here from the very beginning i'd say i've never felt any different than the way that I feel, whether it was today or whether when I was five years old. And that was the realization where I was like, oh, I'm just a high functioning, very anxious person. I don't think there's a moment in my life where anxiety is not operating on some way, shape, in some way, shape or form. I've just learned how to navigate within within it mm-hmm. do you know what i mean to make myself appear a norm, appear normal even this conversation i'm terribly anxious right now <laughs> and part of my what people interpret as exuberance and you know me uh-huh. being effervescent and me being whatever yeah. is just me trying to circumnavigate anxiety right trying to yeah. get ahead of <laughs> the problem by being slightly more you know what i mean and even in, in, in the writing in in, in the my whole life people have been like oh my god you're so articulate you're so you know in in kind of the typical way where you know Mm -hmm. black children know how to speak english you know in in a certain way and a lot of it is because i i i'm trying to articulate so that i don't let the anxiety get a hold of me because Mm -hmm. if i let it get a hold of me i will become catatonic i will i will freeze and i will just be like a deer in the headlines so a lot of who i am yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely worse so a lot of who i am is informed by that anxiety arguably my entire personality is just that of an anxious person but it's like a high function (laughs) yeah anxious person and then how has making 
this album, has writing this album sort of helped you process some of the, I guess, the experiences that may have been, you know, the root cause of some of these anxieties that you deal with on a daily basis? Because I think, you know, when it comes to mental health, um, a large part of it, you know, the pain comes from not understanding where this feeling that you're feeling comes from. Mm. It's like, why am I feeling like this? And then you're trying to trace the root, you know, trying to trace it back to where, where does this come from? Um, right. So for you, making this album, uh, has it helped you process some of these experiences? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 the one thing that I will say that I'm grateful for in the experience of being an anxious person or having anxiety or having whatever it is that you want to call it, is that it has made me very self-aware right mm -hmm. because i'm so acutely sensitive to the pain of being anxious like i said i will do absolutely everything to try and get ahead of it right so i'm very analytical and very self-critical and i will sit and i will think and i will absolutely analyze every little thing because i'm trying to get to the root cause of what it is so i can get over it because the minute i understand it the minute i can internalize it it'll make it easy for me to move forward mm -hmm. right i don't want to be confused about anything because that's where a lot of the pain and the suffering like you're saying stems from right in, in, in not understanding what it is that you're suffering from yeah. right so being a writer being a singer being a whatever I think let me not say whatever being a writer specifically right because singing again like I said earlier is exists in another aspect entirely mm -hmm. right that kind of performative um, but being a writer specifically has allowed me the space to sit and be in it, right? And recognize and acknowledge that the only way to get over is to go through. I can't ignore it when I put it on paper. And other people can't ignore it either, right? Because um, again, sometimes anxiety has to do with the fact that you are I'm constantly worried that do other people acknowledge, do they recognize that I am going through this particular thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do they, do, do they know that I am suffering? Do they, do you know? And so when you write it down and you sing it out loud, right and you externalize it you can relieve yourself from some of that pressure and just go okay i said it right if they don't know they're actively choosing to ignore but they can't say that i didn't tell them or they can't say that i didn't try and say and have my say do you know yeah. and so it has certainly it really has and a lot of the process of writing this album was in in understanding and acknowledging that I might not get the space to say what I want to say to the people that I need to say it to. But that doesn't mean that I don't get to move on with my life. That doesn't mean that I don't have the right to move forward, right? Yes. I have I still have the right to feel the feelings, to to acknowledge them, right? To 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 to, to go through them and then move on from them. Whether or not I get to ever confront the people that the, the, the issues are about, that's neither here nor there, right? I might never get that chance, but does that mean that I'm going to hold on for the rest of my life? No, and I won't, right? So let me write it, let me sing it, let me scream it, let me shout it, right? So I, it, it can be out there, it can be, it can exist, it can be, be per, you know, it can be yes. perceived. Yeah. And I can, I can rest easy and I can move forward and say, you know what? Okay, that's done. Let's move on to the next. Yeah, look, for me, what shines the most um, on this album is the songwriting. I, um, yeah, it, it, it floored me. Like, it was so incredible. And I, you know, when, when artists write um, with this level of honesty, I often wonder, like, for you, um, how do you navigate the 
the response versus reaction situation from the subjects in some of these songs. Um, some of them, I guess, who might still be in your life, you know, and you yeah. knowing that this person will most likely hear this song or they'll most likely hear this lyric. Yeah. Um, do you give them a heads up to say, hey, look, <laughs> so there's a song um, <laughs> or you just say, listen, um, it is what it is at this stage. I need to create this. I need to put it into the world yeah. and I need to move on with it. How do you navigate that? Oh, no, I don't tell anyone. I don't talk to anyone about it because that's the point, right? Because it's, mm. I, and, and it's, I, I always think, I always think to myself, it's a mistake for the people that hear this to think that it's about them right because if it truly if they truly cared or if they they truly cared to hear what i had to say they wouldn't have waited until i i, I wrote a song to speak mm. to me about it we would have spoken about it a long time ago right so they haven't cared enough so far um so they shouldn't care when it's out on a record right because yeah. again it's not about them i'm not writing to um to prove a point or to punish you whatever no i'm writing to relieve myself of yeah. whatever it is burdens I, I i carry about the situation that we were involved in you know what i mean i i i have i have no desire to and to a point i might not even have access like i said to confront you about these and i'm writing simply because i don't have any other outlet through which i can talk these things through mm -hmm. do you know what i mean it means that i've tried speaking to you about it it means that I've, I've i've once tried to be like hey you've made me suffer in way a b c d e f g and you might have ignored me or not give me the the, the the appropriate um reaction or response or the appropriate space to talk about it and so the only recourse that i have left is to have the conversation with myself yeah so i don't I, and excuse my friends i don't give a fuck i don't yeah. give a fuck Right, and if what you needed was by the time I write it, trust and believe, I'm done. Right, mm -hmm. like I'm done. I'm completely, completely, completely done. You wanting to talk about it doesn't do anything for me, and I have no desire because, again, I've gone through it. I've yes. gotten, I've gone through it in order to get over it. Yeah, I get that. Um, I think you know, for me, when I'm writing, um, yeah. I tend to sit with the feeling for a while, you know, and I, I try to look at it from all angles mm. and then i put it down on paper um and if i feel the need to share it uh, i will but by the time i share it i've already moved past that right. um you know <laughs> so because once it's out there i no longer have control over it like it's exactly it, it becomes its own thing now exactly. right um and so for you speaking of writing and lyricism yeah what's the one song or lyric or even maybe story that is most powerful to you on this album the one that when you finally put it down in a creative context of course it hit hard and you knew that you'd have to have some level of courage in order to release this um see my, my writing process is not linear like that you know mm. i in, in fact a lot of the songs on this album were written at very random and for very random reasons as well, right? Um, which it which doesn't negate their impact, which doesn't negate, you know, their power. But to say that I because sometimes I will write something and I'll only realize what I've written like two years later. Yeah. You know? Because the reason I'm writing for it in the moment is completely divorced from 
the reality of you know what I mean. Yes, it, it, it's still it's it's still pertinent. It's still very poignant. The fact that I'm writing it means that it has relevance in my life, but I'm not conscious of it directly in that moment in time. A perfect mm. example is alone, oh. right? Which I wrote. It wasn't even intended to be on my album. It was meant to be a collaboration. It was a song that I was writing with two other artists, right? For another EP, was which was meant to be like a collaborative EP, right? Mm. And at the point at which I wrote the song, the um, the chords, the chord progression, it wasn't even my idea. Somebody had come with with the chord progression to me, sorry, and had asked me to write something along the themes that alone was written about. Mm-hmm. Then I just I wrote I wrote the verse and I wrote. I wrote the bridge, right? And I, I completely forgot about it. The EP project didn't end up coming into fruition. And I was looking through all of um, my, my archives and things that I've written. Yeah. Because I was trying to I was trying to finalize the project and kind of find a space for it, right? And then I remembered the lyric. I think I read it in, in my notes app or something. And I was like, you know what? Yes, right? And then I went back to it. I revisited it and I listened to it. And I listened to it, I think, almost 50 times. And in that listening process, I then realized it was the missing piece of mm. the album, right? Because I was missing a point at which, again, I accepted. A point yes. at which I acknowledged and I completely internalized everything else that I'd been saying before that. To be like, okay, you know, be that as it may, right? At the end of the day, the conclusion that I have reached from point A, B, C, D, E, F, G is that, you know, I'm alone. And I was fine with that. You know what I mean? And I was completely, I wasn't upset. I wasn't angry. I was, I was sad for myself. I felt really sad for myself that this was the conclusion that I had to reach, but it didn't change the reality of the situation. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Alone, alone is that song that it really messes me up, man. I, I just, uh, it's so beautiful. Um, but it's also sad because you know, when, when we speak about this journey of healing and, you know, the journey of self-love and all these things, um, we want to get to, you know, a point where we feel like, okay, you know, we've, we've made progress and we've done the work and so things should balance out now and, you know, we should feel good about what life has for us. But the realization on this song is that, yeah, even with all the work that I've done, even with everything that's, you know, that's happened and the work that I've put in I you know I, I, I look up and ultimately I'm alone um, mm. and it's it's such a brutal brutal song uh, but it is how do you deal with loneliness I mean that's the reality of adulthood mm. for me which is why that that song was a point of acceptance right if, if, if we're going to think of the album as kind of the seven stages of grief that song for me is kind of acceptance you know conceptualized right in its entirety and because it's 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 realizing and accepting life for what it is and not what it should be it's this thing that you're saying oh i've done the work you know the the the, the one plus one equals two yeah. right which is a a a a, a very innocent and very childlike way of looking at the world to be like okay i've done this and i've done that and because i've done this this should then happen right mm-hmm. which was one of Again, this album was about disillusionment. And right at the beginning of the album, that was the, the big kind of subject matter, speaking about and addressing the, the disillusionment of realizing that, okay, I've done everything that I was supposed to do. I, 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 I went to school, I did this, da, 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 da. and yet all of the things that said that they said I was supposed to be promised 
or rather all of the things that were supposed to happen have never haven't happened right how do i get over that right how you get over it is embracing and accepting the reality of the fact that you're alone in everything that you do that you could do and and be the, the most enlightened person do all of the work in the world and you know therapize yourself to the to the ends of the world it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that you're going to get what you hope or what you want out of life right mm. the only reality the one thing that i know for sure which and, and i said this to a friend of mine the other day i was like i i'm the one lesson that i've learned about adulthood and life and whatever at this point forward is to accept harsh truths and hard realities the mm. only way that you can, you're able to deal with it with loneliness and aloneness is to accept it not fight it not wish it was something else accept it and embrace it for what it is embrace yeah. the reality of what it is that way you can move forward in hope and you can move forward in 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 truth without kind of wishy-washy the wishy-washy um disillusion sorry with well, the wishy-washy dreams that have led to the disillusionment that informed this album to begin with so so that's yeah. how i deal with it accepting it as it is not trying to change it not trying to manipulate it not trying to yeah. manipulate myself into changing it it's it's it is what it is yeah i think i think yeah that, that's that's well put and um yeah it's just listening to you speak about that i'm also i'm also thinking about the song lies uh, yeah. which also it addresses you know these realizations we come to as we grow um and you know growing up you know parents try to instill a belief in their child that you know they could literally be anything in this world if they just you know put their mind to it and work hard and you know all of those stuff um however you know the older we get the more we realize that uh those are mostly just i don't even know like merciful lies if you will um and at times necessary lies because you want to you know instill some sort of confidence in your child of course um but then you grow up and you start to see the world what it really is and you start to realize that no <laughs> it's not it's not like how i was told it was going to be um do you have a memory of when the reality set in for you the i guess the sobering moment where you can perhaps pinpoint as the end of your childhood when you realize oh i'm an adult now and this is the reality um i wouldn't necessarily say that there was any one particular moment i think it was a process more than it was a moment um <laughs> because of the way that it's it's set up you know yeah. specifically to, to let you know that you've transitioned out of this moment right and it's a process that that, that happens at different parts in your life right like i remember distinctly there was a point at which and I, I speak about this even at the beginning of my shows when i speak about the fact that there was a point at which i, I think at around age between age six and seven where um all of a sudden the affection and the love and the, the, the attention and the touch that i received from my parents stopped right mm -hmm. i used to give my parents a good night kiss every night without fail right at a particular age and all of a sudden it stopped overnight nobody explained anything they were just expecting for me to pick it up in the air that okay no now you're you're, you're grown or at least you're grown enough that you don't need to give we don't need to give you this 
affection. And how wild, how crazy is that? How stupid is that to be like, you're six years old and you're literally going to withdraw affection from me as a child. That was the start of the process for me mm. personally, right? And it's, it, and again, it, it continues on throughout and throughout and throughout and throughout up until again um the, the moment where i was next cognizant of a shift in 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 in, in a change in the way that the world was responding to me and the way that i was responding to the world was at the at the point of of, of independence where again it's not something that happens um financial independence sorry it's not something that happens gradually it happens overnight it happened mm. overnight for me as well, right? I remember having a conversation with my father and saying, okay, I'm no longer interested in, in, in continuing on with my master's. I want to pursue my career in music more seriously because I, I don't think I can do both. You know, at that point, I'd put out the EP and the singles and it was things were picking up and I just couldn't reconcile these two realities together. And he said, okay, if that's the choice that you want to make, you're an adult, you can make that choice, but you must understand that you're now on your own. There was no, there was no kind of, um, oh yeah, okay, for the next couple of months, we're going to try and da da da. No. I had to, immediately, you know, the next month I had to pay my own rent, you know, and, and, and so it's, 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 it's a process, but also it's something that happens completely un, un, unawares and completely unprepared. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because again, it's all, and which, which is why I call my album, my rude awakening coming of age, because there's no warning. There was no yeah. warning. It's just supposed to kind of, you know, reconcile with the reality as it is they think you just i don't know that that that, that you you automatically just understand oh, okay no i'm grown or okay no i'm this or okay no i'm that and it began again like i said from that point at which i noticed that the world wasn't as affectionate to me anymore right my mm. own parents weren't being as, as kind or as loving you know what i mean that i was automatically ex ex expected to accept that to be like oh okay um sure yeah, this is what what it is now, and I don't yeah. know. Um, I could ramble about it all all day. You know, um, it 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 takes me to the song. Let's have it out, right? The the first song on the album. Yeah. Um, you know, where you say things like, "I know this is unfair because I know you did your best." Um, knowing what I know about what you've been through, I'm just grateful it wasn't much worse. Um, there are certain pains we endure as kids from our parents um, because maybe they didn't know better and yes. they were just doing the best they could with what they knew at the time, right. you know? Yeah. How do you get to that point where you are finally able to see things from this perspective that you sing from uh, on the song, a perspective... Um, I think I, I would say it's rooted in acceptance and even to a level of forgiveness as well. How do you get to this point? Well, uh, I don't think I've arrived at that point. It comes in moments, it comes in waves. Um, but in those moments, um, you have to extend empathy because at the end of the day, you love these people, right? And in, in searching and in trying to find answers to questions that you know that you can't ask them, you have to reach certain conclusions on your own, again, because you want to relieve yourself from, from the anxiety of constantly wondering, why did you do this and why did you do that, right? And if you really carefully sit there and consider, like, like I said, I'm particularly um, self-critical and self-analytical, and if I extend that exact same analysis and criticism to my own parents you get to reach certain conclusions that are black and white to be like yeah 
the reality of the situation is that our parents are not heroes. They never were heroes, right? And as you as you grow up, you get to learn certain things about your parents, not even through them, but through other people, right? You, aunts, uncles, whatever. And you begin to you begin to piece two and two together from that. Mm-hmm. And if you if again, if you're doing it from a place of wanting to understand, wanting to move on, wanting to heal, you also have to extend empathy and understanding to the fact that these are also human beings. Right? Yeah. The same empathy and understanding that you would extend to absolutely anybody else in your life that does you wrong is the same empathy and understanding that you have to understand extend to your parents, right? And it's like a, it's an unfortunate design also of life as it is right now because we you yeah. know, we have access to more information we, we you know we have we're more educated i mean i don't know if i'm more educated than my parents really I think just as educated as i am but in in so far as access to information and just generally the culture that we're in right now where we're more cognizant of things yeah. like mental health and we have language that speaks around you know kind of mental health and understanding that they don't have access to right they never had access yeah. to it either um and, and, and but we do Right, I'm armed with more information around mental health. I'm armed with more empathy because I have more access to that information. I have language to understand some of the things that they probably haven't had the time to investigate because they didn't grow up in a context that allowed for them to to speak about or understand things in that way. Right. So, and again, I, I reiterate, it all comes down to coming to it from a place of number one, wanting to move on, and number two and extending empathy from a place of love, right? And just being mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I acknowledge and accept that you are a, a, as fallible a human being as I am, right? And because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, when you then piece together all of these context, context clues, you be like, oh, you actually grew up like this, and you actually grew up like that, and da, 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 and you, you're just a victim of your own circumstances, mm-hmm. right? That's what That was the conclusion that I ended up coming down to in writing those lines, being like, yeah, my parents are victims of their own circumstance, as is a lot of the people of their generation. Because again, like I said, they never had the chance to really sit and think through it and speak about it and didn't have the language to probably understand or analyze. Do you know what I mean? Um, So in as much as I am wanting to heal my inner child and, you know, soothe my inner child, they never got the chance to do that. They never got Mm. the chance to do that. And so that allows me to be more empathetic. That allows me to be like, damn, you know, I don't want to be you. You know, I don't want to be a, a victim of my own circumstances. So it is very important that I get to a point where I forgive you and I ex- extend some empathy towards you. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, extending empathy and creating space, you know, uh, a few months ago, uh, a friend of mine, well, I've been, I was thinking about this blog post that a friend of mine, you know, wrote and essentially talking about how families of color especially like black families you know we we don't really um make it a norm to speak on emotion or just you know saying that you're unhappy or being sad or you know creating a space for grief um and what tends to happen is that you know these unhealthy uh, environments you know it breeds toxic coping mechanisms and you know I I've been thinking about how now as an adult I, I find myself on this journey in search of a sensitivity and a softness uh, that wasn't displayed or offered to me growing up um, because you know when you when you think of how these conversations of empathy 
and mental health were necessary to have in our homes, but were not being had. And these conversations were necessary to have even in, in a place like church, but you know, weren't being had. Even conversations amongst friends, but we just weren't having those conversations at the time. For whatever reason, maybe we didn't have the language, we didn't understand what was going on, but it just wasn't happening. There was no space. And so because there was no space for you to enter with your feelings and lay your confusion down or lay your grief down and say, look, guys, this is what I'm carrying, you know, so you end up walking around with this heavy, you know, load on you. And so now for me, this album feels like you are finding um, points of entry for your for your anger, for your grief, for your sadness and you're laying it all down and saying this is how i feel and i am no longer going to you know uh, hold back i'm no longer going to shame myself for feeling these feelings because i've carried them for so long um trying to protect you know other people around me or whatever the case is um and if there's one thing i'm taking away from this album it is that need for creating space uh for feelings to exist it's that license yeah. to feel and, and creating space for yourself yeah right acknowledging that no one is going to create that space for you um which is why i was saying earlier on you know as sad as alone is it is also empowering do you know what I mean? Because it is an acknowledgement of the reality as it is, not as it should be or how, as you want it to be. Do you know what I mean? And that and understanding and acknowledging that you need to create that space for yourself, come what may. Because <clears throat> this this kind of healthy space of feelings and sharing that you want from your family is never going to come, right? Unfortunately, it is never going to come. It is way past that point. And mm -hmm. part of the process, like I was saying, of dealing with harsh realities and hard truths, right, is also acknowledging and accepting that in as much as we can say oh you know you know as black people you know our families are toxic da, 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 da. but that is as a result of the conditions in which those families came to be we forget mm -hmm. that our black people this freedom that we have now to express ourselves and this is a relatively new freedom just a generation ago our parents were brutalized could barely walk from one area into another right mm -hmm. and so when you're thinking of maslow's hierarchy of needs when your, your mere existence as a black person is constantly under scrutiny and you're constantly traumatized and this and this and this where do you have space to mm -hmm. speak about your feelings when you're just trying to survive right to survive against an environment that is actively trying to kill you that is actively against you do you know what i mean and, and again speaking about understanding and acknowledging and accepting the, the reality of the situation our parents didn't have the privilege that we do now of sitting around and speaking about and having feelings and da, 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 da. and we we need to accept and acknowledge that within ourselves there's nothing they can do to change it much same way that there's nothing that we can do about the conditions in which we are having to to experience life right now do you know and yeah yeah I I get that and yeah it's just one of those things where you know it's part of acceptance and grieving that as well i think there are many things that we grieve that are not death and yes. you know we should allow ourselves to to grieve those things um but before we end this 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 conversation uh there's yeah. i can't let you go without speaking of these two songs uh yeah. perhaps my favorite on the album black sunrise and looking for you please tell me about black sunrise this is one of the most beautiful songs I heard all year last year. It's still in heavy repeat right now. Um, can you tell me a bit about the meaning uh, of this song for you as the person who wrote it? 
right. As, as, as the person who wrote it, I'm just I'm just thinking about the fact that Black Sunrise, I think, is my is my favorite descriptive song, right? Even as I wrote it, it's my it's my most visual yeah. song, right? Because every word is describing a sensation. You can I can picture it every time I sing it, right? The sun comes up my lungs contract and I wake I can see that tableau in my head as it's playing out and again it was kind of this desire to be like okay if you can't see my depression or you can't see my anxiety or my sadness whatever let me try and describe it for you process by process by process by word so that you can I can literally try and just like imprint it in your head to be like this is what the sensation feels like because in as much as you again like I was saying earlier on you can ignore it as you're seeing it but maybe if I describe it perfectly right you'll be able to extend some empathy to the fact that I'm feeling this way Mm. or going through this thing which has always been my feeling around depression to be like how do I articulate to the people that I love and the people that are around me that like I'm not doing this on purpose right this is something that is completely completely out of my control and it's like trying to choke you know it's, it's, the, the words are trying are getting caught in my throat and are threatening to choke the, 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 the life out of me so I, as a writer I'm that's like kind of what I think about when I think of Black Sunrise to be like okay it, it, it perfectly perfectly encapsulates Black Sunrise and also Winds of Change right Oof, because yeah Winds of Change describes, again, the sensation of anxiety and what it is that I go through when I experience anxiety in comparison to Black Sunrise, which is more kind of like more kind of speaking about depression and what that feels like from a sensory and sensation standpoint. Winds of Change was too short. I needed more. I was like, this is so good. I I need it. I where's, where's the rest of it? You know. No. Sometimes, even I myself, I have to accept that it. You know. Some things are the way that they are, and yeah. need to be that way. You know, just, just yeah, it just needs to be a minute and fifty. Because if it was any longer, that it gets caught in, yeah. in in the waffling of life, which I tend to do. To be quite honest, I'm a waffler. I'm a talker. If you did notice from our chat, I can go on and on and on. So it was a really big kind of um, pat on the back that I was able to kind of succinctly say yeah. exactly like a minute and whatever how many seconds I said it, and get mm. the point across and move on, and not feel this like incessant need to be like, okay, let me add more words and let me add more, let me add more. <laughs> yeah um and of course looking for you uh this is probably this the song is perfect actually it's it's just it's perfect it's um and for me this is one of those songs that i feel like has multiple meanings for me depending on the perspective i'm listening mm. from at the time and you know sometimes the song to me feels like someone looking for themselves more than anything um in search of their own identity you know mm. it's uh, i'm i'm breaking down these you know these boxes and these and these uh i guess ideas you know you know that were yeah. put in front of me to say this yeah. is who you should be this is how you should be but then now if i'm no longer like if i no longer see myself in these in these boxes or in these images yeah. well then who am i and then i'm trying to i'm on this journey now to try and figure out like let me find this person so I, i've yeah. been looking for you you know um yeah. and just the repetitiveness of it all it it almost feels like a meditation to myself every time i'm, I'm i sing it out loud um how was it making this song because just from writing perspective it's perfect production is perfect your vocal performance on here it's too good to the point i was, I was like 
you can tell that he's having fun now you know the way he's bending his voice over here he's doing this the cadence over there i'm like okay he's really you know just saying yeah. look guys yeah I, i can also like really really sing like listen to this <laughs> you know <laughs> you know it's such an interesting perspective to hear you describe it and talk about it you know like you're saying it is because i've never thought of it in that way Mm-hmm. I've, I've never, never, because it, but that song was very intentionally written to be a, a romantic yearning, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't, I, I wasn't being um, kind of abstract about it, or even trying to, you know, put the, the double. No, not at all. But it's, it's so fascinating to hear that you could interpret it. And now that I think about it, it completely makes sense. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but from my perspective, uh, uh-uh, uh, I was literally just trying to again give myself space because I never allow my, myself to do this I never allow myself to to yearn so publicly number one for, for, for romance to begin with do you know what I mean I never want to give anybody that kind of power over me because again it would just it would just destroy me to think that somebody oh, make think that somebody knows that they can make me feel that way right mm. but I was like you know what no let's not work from that perspective let's work from the reality as it is right being that you are a human being you also yearn for for, 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 for love and romance and affection the way that everybody else um, does and it was also because I'd intentionally always said that I I mean not always but I'd, I'd always ha- had the, the understanding right even at the beginning of my career that I, I was like yeah no I, I don't want to write about romance because I don't know anything about romance and I just thought it was a bit boring because it's what everybody speaks about it's what everybody mm. talks about I was like oh there's an entire world of things that we need to discuss as human beings and an entire world of subjects and matters that that music needs to address outside of of, 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 of of romance but I slowly found out as I was kind of going through the process of writing the album that I was doing myself a disservice by not addressing something that was fundamental to my humanity and something that was fundamental to every human being's humanity and there was a reason why romance is at the core of white of, of everybody's music do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's at the core of, of, of everybody's subject matter because it is an integral and essential part of all of our humanity So I was like, you know what? Let me, again, give myself the license to wild out. Go. Yeah. Flow with it. Let it be what it is. And I suppose yeah. that's what you always also hear in the vocal as well, to be like, okay, if you were really to express the true depth of your want and the true depth of your need, what would that sound like, right? Mm. I, and just, yeah, the voice went where it went. And I also had time also um, when I was in the studio recording that because I didn't have the same time constraints as I usually do. Um, it's actually a, a much more interesting story that I'm letting on right now um, <laughs> how I recorded, recorded the vocals but, but I'll hold on to that for the time being maybe it'll be a story in um, in the second album because it's still ongoing it's a still developing saga oh. and I don't want to I don't <laughs> to kind of give it away because I also don't know how it's going to conclude but all that yeah. to say I was in the right environment you know with the right person with the you know whatever to really yes. let my voice go and yearn and seek and kind of express that kind of feeling that you hear that ended up you know you know sounding the way that it sounded the coos and the woos and the swoops and the oh swoops. it just keeps getting better and better you know it's <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful that's Thank an amazing you. song um you know with as we we're saying license to feel for me it's about creating a space for healthy dialogue and healing Um, you know, with all that you've been through now and with the benefit of hindsight, um, what does joy look like for you now these days? This is my final question for the day. Um, um, what does joy look like for you now? 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any kind of grand vision for what joy looks like. It exists in rather everyday moments. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, I just in being able to find peace and being able to not overthink or let go of certain things that's what it looks like to me i joy is in having time um to listen to myself um having time to have time if that makes any sense um i I really don't have any kind of grand vision also because i acknowledge and i accept that i'm really just at the beginning of this whole process there's still much that i have to learn because like i said you know, license to feel is acknowledging and taking accountability for my life as it is, right? Because so mm. far I've been able to be like, yeah, you did this and you did that. Da, da, da. From this point forward, I'm in charge of my own life, my own choices, my own agency. I don't know what that looks like yet. I'm in that process now. That's what I'm going through. I'm in the process of emotionally educating myself, right? Of which I think that's even what my next album is going to be called is going to be called Emotional Education because that's what I'm in now I'm learning to be like okay we're really on our mm. own now what does that look like right like I'm, I'm going to yeah. fail I'm going to I'm, I'm I'm going to fuck up I'm going to I'm going to do all of these things that are going to surprise and shock me too I'm going to learn what joy looks like for myself I'm going to learn what sorrow looks like for myself and for myself without having to consider anyone else without having to be like oh mm. I'm worried how this is going to affect my family or this is how it's going to affect my parents or this is how it's going to no it's like okay like what does joy look like for me like you're asking right and I'm in the process of educating myself so I don't know quite as yet um ask me god knows ask me when uh, I don't know (laughs) ask me when the next project comes out then I'll be able to tell you because I'm still being educated no definitely we'll have another conversation when you know the next project comes out of course um but Leon, thank you so much for your time and thank you, so much for thank you, you know, being so generous with your answers as well. This was really special for me. Um, I was looking forward to this and yeah, like it's, no, it's definitely a highlight. I don't know if you saw, I made like a story when I first um, heard you guys, when you did the first kind of podcast yes. about the album and just how flawed and shocked I was that you would take time out of your life to, to listen so intently and so carefully and carefully mm. go through it with you. It's just, it flawed me. And again, existing in an environment, in, in, in an independent environment where there isn't much music journalism going on there isn't much space for artists and songwriters and singers to really speak about our work in the way that you allow for us to speak of of our work on this platform and so really the thanks is all mine and i really hope and wish that you will continue growing and just you know because the work that you guys are doing is so important not just for me but for just the survival of culture in this country Mm. and to allow other artists maybe someone will listen to your podcast and think hey i can be as personal and direct in my music as you know as cz mm. brought this art you know what i mean um yeah. like, <laughs> not meaning to get, get overly that. sentimental about it but <laughs> i think what you guys do is incredible and i'm so honored that you find me worthy of um speaking to and analyzing of course, and, you know, of course. um yeah you, you, we love you you, you know that I, I love you man and um <laughs> Yeah, so thank you so much and Absolutely. hopefully I'll be able to see you soon when I'm back. When I'm back. 